0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hello, welcome back into the podcast. So, we like to call from the podium. We're here directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host, audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. This week, the Kansas City Chiefs open up phase one of their offseason program. So on Monday, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and linebacker Nick Bolton. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Nick Bolton. Here's Andy Reid.
2: All right, good. So um, we look forward to getting started today with phase one. Um, It's good. It'll be good to get the guys back on Zoom. We're gonna go two weeks here with phase one where uh, the players are away um, from the coaches and they'll continue on with their strength program and conditioning. Um, A number of the guys went down to uh, Texas to be with Pat and do some work there. So what the, the reason why is, Uh, very similar to last year's that over the last five years, we played a number of games and off season short. So I I want to make sure we give the guys enough time for recovery and then we'll bring them back for uh, the phase two part, which is again, in two weeks, we had some new additions to the coaching staff um, uh, on the offensive side. So the, the new member is, is Todd Pinkston. He'll be working with the running backs. Uh, Porter Elliott will also work with him there as the assistant running back coach. Um, and then uh, some promotions that took place. Matt Nagy becomes the offensive coordinator. Joe Meyer becomes pass game coordinator. Um, and then Connor Embry will work in, <clears throat> excuse me, at the wide receiver spot. David Girardi, he'll work in with the quarterbacks. Um, Dan Williams moves from uh, the Bill Walsh position um, uh, into uh, the offensive quality control coach uh, quarterbacks for, uh, again, the offensive side. Then Kevin Saxton becomes my assistant uh, coach, and he's worked with us uh, last year's training camp. So it will be a nice promotion for him uh, from the college level. And then strength coach Ryan Reynolds, Barry Rubin, retired. So Ryan Reynolds will work in as the head strength coach. Uh, Spencer Reed um, will be working with the team. He comes from BYU. And then uh, Greg Carbon um, also will be moved up um, in his position as an assistant strength coach. And then Nick Cassetta will uh, be the, uh, another new addition um to the to the weight room so we've got four four strength coaches in there like we had in the past um other than that the defense uh stay status quo was uh the staff the staff members there with that um time's yours let's
3: go first to aaron Ladd. go ahead aaron
4: Hey, Coach, appreciate the time here. Hope you've been well. Uh, I know you've been doing this a long time. Not an, an old joke, I promise you that. But in your experience, what can you learn from these offseason workouts? This kind of phase one, phase two thing. I know you in the past you've let the guys kind of do their own thing for phase one. Is it a culture building? Is it a shaking off the rust? What can you gather from this time of the year?
2: Yeah, so phase one is good for the offense, probably more so than the defense. Uh, defense. Working with the Zoom part of it's important. Working with the strength and conditioning part is important. Uh, the offensive guys can get together and throw the ball around. You know, you don't, you can't do that on the defensive side necessarily. So uh, they'll get together and and um, and, and do that. Uh, the the reason I do it though, I mean, really, is because of the the time off. Uh, give the guys. I, I just want them to freshen up. I mean, that season. Seem like it was very long ago that you're playing in the in the Super Bowl and having the parade and and then you know all of a sudden bam you're back into phase one. So it gives the guys an opportunity to kind of get away.
3: <clears throat> Let's go next to Adam Tysher. Go ahead, Adam.
5: Hey Andy, um with the draft coming up, wanted to ask you, you guys have done a nice job of drafting and developing players in later rounds in, in the recent years. Is there something from a coaching uh, side of things that maybe you you uh, you can point to as as a reason why maybe these guys are coming along, not just coming along, but coming along quickly?
2: Yeah. Well, since I've been here and John Dorsey started this, was uh, he brings the guys in and and they spend a ton of time together. They they go like 18 straight days and <clears throat> in lockdown mode, and this is uh, kind of their second go round with that, but. Uh, and I'm saying all the scouts together, but I think the guys do a great job of accumulating information. Um, Brett obviously heads all of this up and and uh, stays very disciplined with it, which uh, is another thing. There are no shortcuts uh, that he takes, and uh, I think that that pays off in the long run. I mean, will will we you have all the starters that we had this year starting? I mean, I can't say that this was a, a unique year, but um, I, I know that uh, Brett does a great job of getting everybody involved, <laughs> coaches involved in it, um, and, and scouts, and and their opinions matter. And I, I think that uh, he's able to blend all that together and then make these picks. So he's he's very thorough with that.
3: Let's go next to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Uh, you got
2: us. Come on, Vahe. Doug got it.
3: There you go. Is it,
6: is it working now? Okay. I thought you were blocking me, Brad. Uh Andy, good to see you. Thanks for thanks for doing this. Um I sort of a, a two-parter really. I you've had a few weeks, even months now to kind of process what you just, just had happen. And I wonder if you've had any specific feeling of a different impact or meaning to winning to winning a second Super Bowl. And and I'll I'll have a follow-up, Brad.
2: Yeah, I I really I probably haven't. Um I the one thing I think you could do is you could you enjoyed it this time better than you did the last time. It just kind of slowed down a little bit for you. Um, But um, you're right back on it. I mean, right when we got done with the parade, um, I had to hire coaches. so And that was a a little bit longer process, uh, especially not only with the hiring, but then moving people around and making sure that that settled right. And... um, you know, so we, there hasn't been a lot of downtime or that we've been kind of cranking away and and going. Then you're right into free agency and into the draft now. So um, it, it's been it's been great. Uh, have I have I learned anything from it? I I can't tell you that anything's different uh, other than it's a little bit shorter off season.
6: And, well, the follow-up is really, we know you're very process-driven, right? And that, that you know, your motivation, I think we all can assume is in the process a lot of times. But do you perceive any particular challenge to, for lack of a better term, motivation to avoid complacency around anybody that you're your coaching? What, what do you see in Patrick and everybody at, at this stage that way?
2: Yeah, so I, I, I think the important thing is, um, is just the word you used was the process. I I think that's, that's most important. Don't, no shortcuts. You just, uh, nothing that's really good comes easy. We know that there are a lot of highs and lows or more games determined by seven points, you know, a score or less. Uh, So you've got to make sure that uh, you go through the process and, and do the hard work and build a foundation, all those things, Become super important uh, as they are every year. So you, the the main thing is that though you, you don't cheat that. Don't cheat the process. And so that's uh, that's kind of uh, if I if I'm sticking to one thing, I'd tell you it's it's that. I mean, I understand that. And uh, do you have to have a few breaks here and there? Absolutely. But don't skip the don't skip the work. It's, good. it's
3: Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete.
0: Hey coach, uh, Brad, I'll have just a second one. If, 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 if I could, um, first of all, with the receivers, you guys end up losing Juju, you, you lose McColl. How ready do you feel Kadarius and, and Skymore are, are able to pick up maybe where, where they left off?
2: Yeah, Pete. I, I mean, I think it's important that, um, that they continue to grow both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, KT now he hasn't, he's not like a seasoned veteran in, in the league. He's a, He's still a relatively young guy and and um, and young in this offense, so uh, growth will be important. How they handle this offseason, how they um, how they handle uh, training camp, and uh, you know that that whole workload that comes with it. But I'm expecting good things from them for sure. Uh, they're they're wired the right way, and they just gotta they just gotta keep improving and and developing that relationship with Pat. And you know, Tavahi's question there, Pete. That I mean, Pat's been on it right from the get go, so <clears throat> he's been all over it. And um, and uh, with the guys, with the coaches, he, he checks in all the time. Hey, how we doing? You know, free? How are we doing with the draft? You know, he's 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 interested in that, which is which is unique, uh, I think. Um, and so he, you know, he's either talking to myself or Brett all the time. You guys were really successful with moving
0: Orlando and having him be the left tackle. Now that you bring in Jawan, how confident are you that he can play left tackle? What are the plans? I know it's early just as of now in in that regard.
2: Yeah. I liked him. I liked his tape. Um, Now we saw him firsthand a couple of times too. So even though he was on the right side, I think he could transfer over to the left side. He's he's really a good athlete. And, uh, and I think he's excited about that. And that doesn't mean he can't play the right side. I mean, if he's, at another left tackle, you can play the right side, so he gives you flexibility. He probably could jump in a guard, and he's smart. He probably could play center if we had to, but he's, uh, he's a pretty talented kid. And uh, look forward to getting him in here. I, I think uh, that was a great pickup by Brett. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin.
7: Uh, Brad, I'll have a quick follow-up as well if I could um Coach you mentioned the, the guys going down to Texas uh, working and throwing uh how much do you encourage that do you you know stress it uh, emphasize it uh, you know I, I know everything you, know, you get the voluntary stage but how, how much can that benefit guys from from being down there
2: yeah that's important too I mean it is voluntary so <clears throat> um, and <clears throat> but I think it's it's the way Pat handles himself um, to where the guys want to do it. I, I don't have to say a whole lot. Um, you know, they've actually been down there for a week with each other and they, you know, they rent a couple homes down there and they do their thing. So I think it's a real positive thing. It's, it's a, a good team builder from, uh, from the wide receiver, tight ends, running backs and, and, uh, quarterback position. They, they, they're able to, kind of feel each other out and talk to each other. <clears throat> it's good to have some guys that have been through it so they can talk to the newer guys and help coach them up.
7: And then uh, Coach Jalen Hurts, it was announced today, signed uh, the largest contract uh, per year. Uh, you know, Pat still has the largest one for total dollars, but per year, it was out there. There's also some of the websites were putting up like the top five average per year. Pat's not in that. I know that's the way of the league. It happens this way all the time. But when you hear that, is that something that gets you and Brett together and talking? You two calling down to to Patrick? Is it? Is it? You, do you analyze where you're at with this contract and and, and make sure you're in touch with him about uh, you know what what future plans might be if there's any alterations to it.
2: Yeah, so listen, I don't, I'm not too involved in that part of it. Uh, uh, we've got people that that actually do that—the Tillis's and Chris Shays—and and Brett obviously overlooks that side, and Clark Hunt's very involved. So it's uh, um, that's uh, they always keep their eye on those things, and um, you know they understand the value of Pat, and obviously by by the last last con, right? One crazy thing in this business, as you know, and really it's this way in every business, <clears throat> right when you sign a big deal, somebody's going to beat you. I mean, it's, a and, and if you, you know, you can start chasing that and kind of forget about your job at hand, but Pat's got a great feel for all that stuff. And, um, the main thing he wanted to do, which my hat just goes off to him is he wanted to do a deal that was team friendly, you know, so that we could, we could sign uh, if you lose a left tackle, you can go out and sign another one and and, and have that flexibility there. So, um, you know, I, I think he's got a great feel on all that.
3: Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam.
8: Hey, thanks, Brad. I'll have a uh, quick follow-up, too. Um, Andy, just with the draft being in Kansas City, you know, obviously I, I think for all of us on this call it changes a lot. But for you guys in the building, I mean, does anything change just with the location of it being here?
2: You know, it it really doesn't. Uh, we'll be right here in the building in the draft room, so that won't change at all. Um, I, I'm excited for the city. I, I, I think, uh, obviously, all these people that are coming in for this are, are excited. They're excited to be in Kansas City. You, you better, you know, you better get the barbecue uh, fired up and ready to go because you have a lot of folks here.
8: And then the second thing I wanted to ask you, I think it's the first time we've chatted with you since the NFLPA report came out, and obviously uh, there was some stuff in there about Rick and players felt discouraged from reporting their injuries. Just what was your takeaway from that, and is there any change in, in protocol and, and emphasis on on trying to change that environment?
2: Yeah, so that's a good question, uh, Sam. I <clears throat> that was done early in the season. We had a lot of new new folks in the building here, and everything kind of starts in that training room. That's uh, those are the first guys between the training room and the equipment room and weight room. That Those are the first people that are going to be seen. And that training room is, is not a, it's not leisure world, right? So that's a place that uh, you come in and you get your rehab done. It's not uh, you know, that that's what it is. And that's uh, that's how we do it here and other places do it different. But um or we're in there to, to fix your problems. And if you have a problem, we'll get it taken care of. And uh, Rick is in a position where he's got to enforce that. And that's just kind of the bottom line on it. And uh, and so it's different. It's different when you get different people in and uh, the trainer is normally not necessarily the good guy in those situations. So it's, uh, but, but, you know, there's a, there's a reason why you have the training room and but well, we've looked at all of this. We've, we've evaluated it. We've looked at it. Um, you know, we're in a position now with our, our facility, which also got knocked down, <clears throat> where, you know, their future plans for whatever direction it goes uh, for new facilities. And so I lived this when I was in Philadelphia. Um, that takes time. It takes time to get all that planned out. And you're not gonna take and put a whole load back into your facility that you have here if there's future plans. So, um, you know, I get all of that too, right? Um, But we've tried to keep it where it's a great place to come to work. I think we do a good job with that. I don't think we're behind necessarily um, and things might not be as fancy as other places, but we normally come here to work hard. I think if you would have talked to the guys at the end of the season, they would have, would have been probably a little different evaluation. We try to stay on top of all that. Make sure we know how the guys are, are feeling on that.
3: We've got three more. We'll go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt.
1: Hey coach, you know, you mentioned about the players meeting virtually again for this phase. That's something you did last year as well. Um, Anything else that's really you're changing up for the OTAs this year? Whether it's something that you want to do differently or something that Matt Nagy has wanted to do differently?
2: Yeah, I, I wouldn't say different. Um, It'll be the same format um, as we as we go into it. Um, so, Matt, I'd probably tell you no. I mean, there's nothing that we've made drastic changes on uh, now. We've gone through scheme evaluation, and so there are things that <clears throat> we'll take out and new things we'll put in and and do, um, and Matt's a big part of that too. So. Let's
9: go next to Herbie Tiope. Go, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Good morning. All right, Herbie. You were, you were talking about some of the, the offensive players that you signed. Um, defensively, there's a the player there that kind of intrigues a lot of us. Linebacker Drew Tranquil. When you mentioned something about scheme evaluation, how does he fit in what y'all want to do because of his starting experience? And you you already seem kind of loaded at linebacker.
2: Yeah. So, um, well, we're glad he's on our team. First of all, we've had to face him, you know, a couple of times every year. So uh, what we felt was this guy is a heck of a football player. Um, He'll add great uh, flexibility to spags group which you know how spags does it with different personnel groups and uh there's plenty of room for all of them uh and uh and and listen he, he's a good football player he's a smart kid he's got great size he's got good strength he can cover you know in other words run and cover so uh we just had an opportunity to get him i i i sure like the way he plays We'll
3: go last to Matt McMullen. Good, Matt.
0: Hey, Coach. Um, you spoke a bit about how the draft is here in a few weeks. It's not too often that the Commissioner goes up and congratulates the home city of the draft for being Super Bowl champions. Just curious for your expectations for how she's Kingdom is going to represent here in a few weeks of the draft.
2: Uh, they'll be out. Of, they'll be out of control. It, it'll be. It's right at the same place where we we finish the parade, and um, if it's anything like that, it'll be. Uh, it looks like the second coming right there on the hill. It's unbelievable. It's a it's a monster of people. It'd be a great deal. I think they'll represent very well. And then you're going to have all these people coming from out of town too that are that are just uh, interested in the National Football League and the draft and and thus uh, uh, interested in when they come here to Kansas City. So I think it's great for the economy of Kansas City.
3: Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us.
2: All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I wonder if there
6: yeah, two questions. One is just how quickly do you think you were able to turn forward from winning the Super Bowl and and kind of what was the mechanism that? And then I'll have a follow
9: up Brad.
10: Um yeah, I mean the the one thing about winning the Super Bowl uh is your off season gets a lot, a lot shorter. So uh I turned forward pretty quickly. I would say it was probably after I went to Vegas with Travis. After that I was ready to, to get back to the next season. So uh we, we we celebrated for about a week or two, and um, you go on little trips here and there, and for relaxing. But uh, I try to get in like two or three days um, of of workouts in with Bobby, and and try to build up uh, so that now I'm I'm kind of back in that OTA mode and ready to go.
6: And I know you think about this stuff, but but how would you say your sense of motivation is changed or the same from having won two Super Bowls now and two MVPs? What what's Sort of bubbling inside you now, with with
10: that underneath you. I think I think to me it makes you even more motivated. I mean, you can see the the uh, where you can get to. You can see that uh, obviously uh, winning a Super Bowl is so hard to do, but once you were able to do it uh, multiple times, you see that it's a it's attainable to go out there and get more. And so uh, uh, for me, I understand it's going to be a, a challenge every year. Uh, every year is a new year. You keep getting better and better. Um, but the motivation is to continue to try to do whatever you can to get back and win that game.
3: Next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete.
0: Hey, Patrick. You guys said goodbye to Juju and McColl, and and that means that Kadarius and Sky Moore are going to have bigger roles. Just when you think about those two guys and love your comments individually for each guy, but what do you think they bring to the table, and what gives you confidence that maybe they could even have more production next year?
10: Yeah, I think uh I think the biggest thing, I mean, you start off with getting those both those guys in year two of the offense um and letting them expand their roles. Um, I think you you could see it especially with Sky at the end of the season, um, how he was getting more and more of them involved in the offense. And I think he'll he'll continue to to take those steps and be even better uh this next year um when when he's being he's more comfortable, can utilize his talents even more. And then with uh Kadarius, uh, I mean, I think y'all saw the the upside this last year of how special of a talent he can be. Um and so to have him in that offense another year, have him working with with coach Reed and how we practice and training camp. I think he'll have his body in the best shape uh that you could possibly be in to go out there and and uh be healthy all season long. And so we're excited for those guys uh to to take that those next steps within this offense. It's going to Sam McDowell. Good
3: Sam.
8: Hey Patrick. Um with the with the draft just coming up in about 10 days, just wondering if you could um, sort of backtrack to your draft night. Um, obviously, I know you talked a lot about just how it came to be with, with the marriage between you and Kansas City, but just specifically the experience of draft night as far as who was there, what that night was like for you.
10: Yeah, my, I mean, my draft experience was—I mean, it was it was awesome, obviously, but it was—I didn't know kind of where I was going to get drafted at. Uh, I think at the, at the very end, I had a sense I was going to get drafted uh, higher than I even expected. Um, but I had chosen to stay home. I got invited really late to the draft um, because I think i had rose up the draft boards pretty quickly at the end. Um, but I chose to stay home and be with my family. And we kind of rented out the top uh, part of a restaurant in my hometown and had all my family and friends there. And I, it was cool. I mean, obviously, you get drafted to the team you want to get drafted to. Um, but it was early in the night, even though it feels like it's still like an hour into the draft at pick number 10. Um, and then I get to do the media and stuff like that. And then you, you just enjoy that moment with everyone that's kind of been with you the whole way. And so uh, for me, it was really cool to be able to be home. But I know I, I'm excited for all these guys to get to Kansas City this week. I mean, I, I know it's going to be a special environment. Um, and I'm going to try to make it out at least one night and, and be a part of it.
3: Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Good, Matt.
0: Hey, Patrick, a similar question about the draft. Just how excited are you for Kansas City and Chiefs fans to kind of celebrate the Super Bowl again over the course of draft weekend here in town?
10: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm extremely excited. Uh, I remember whenever the draft got announced, I, I told uh, Mark Donovan that I was going to make sure they say world champion Kansas City Chiefs whenever they announce our pick. Um, and so uh, I held my word to that. And uh, I don't know if I've ever been able to say, say that in the, the host city. Um, but I'm excited for Chiefs Kingdom to be out there and obviously supporting the entire draft uh draftees and that their process, but supporting the, the Kansas City the World Champion, Kansas City Chiefs, whenever our pick comes up.
3: Let's go next to Herbie Teope. Go Good, Herbie.
9: That's good stuff, Patrick. How you doing, man?
10: Good, good, man.
9: <laughs> hey, I got two questions here for you. We're a little more than two months removed from you having the most watched right ankle injury in the history of the Super Bowl. Where would you say you are health-wise? on that now. And, and I'll have the second one after that.
10: Yeah, I think now it's, it's been more about uh, just kind of managing it, uh, but getting the mobility back as best as I possibly can. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a hundred, a hundred percent, but I've had no necessarily limitations. It's just when you go through a grind of a week of training and you're trying to push it and you go through the rehab process, but at the same time you want to make sure you're still building. Um, you might be a little sore on the weekends, but I think we've done a great job of pushing it to the right limit, um, to where now? I'm throwing and stuff like that, and having no limitations there. So I think there'll be a, running and cutting. There'll still be a little bit of limitations going the next few weeks, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna happy with where I'm at, um, and we'll keep pushing it and uh, getting me to the right spot for the the beginning of the, of the season.
9: Pete asked you earlier about some of the, the new wide receivers or, or some of the wide receivers you're working out with down in Texas, but Justin Ross. He's, he's, he's gone viral with some of those videos. What have been some of your impressions of him now that you've got him there working away from the team?
10: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean the talent's through the roof. I think anybody can see that. And I think he's gotten better and better. And even though he wasn't uh, active all year long, he was in the building and he was able to see the guys um, and how we do things and listening and being in some of the meetings and stuff like that. And so – I'm excited for him, man, to get out there and be able to get the reps and practice and, and get the, the little fine details that we like to do in this offense. And um, like I said, the talent's there. He works his tail off. I'm, I'm like, man, you got to ease up a little bit. He wants to run, run the, every route a hundred times, but uh, you rather have to ease up on the guy, make, make him kind of ease up on himself. But, you know, he wants to work and, and to be the best player that he could possibly be.
11: Let's go next
3: to Nate Taylor. Go, ahead, Nate.
11: Hello, Patrick. Good to see you. I have uh, two questions as well. Um, my first is going through the scheme evaluations with the coaching staff and looking back on the season. Has there been something that you've identified even already that you want to improve on for next season?
10: Yeah, for me, I think, I mean, I knew during the season this last year, I thought there was a couple of the deep throws that I didn't hit that I usually do. So just trying to get back to that and and, and being able to hit those opportunities whenever I get them because, uh, we don't get a lot of them. We get a lot of too high coverages and stuff like that. So whenever I do get those opportunities, I want to make sure that I'm connecting on those. Um, and then little things, I'm just trying to get myself out of funks uh, within the game. I mean, there's just times where I feel like I lose my footwork, which, which causes me to, to kind of have those uh, spells where we're not scoring points. Um, and instead of pressing and trying to do something extra to make stuff happen, just kind of getting back to the fundamentals and getting the ball out, which I think I have gotten better at. Um, But at the same time, that's something that I
11: have to work on every offseason. Yeah. And secondly, um, because you're doing the throwing sessions again with the guys down in Texas, um, was there something that you wanted to add that's new this year or that's different from years, you know, from last year previously because you went experience last year?
10: Um, I think I had a better game plan for it just in general. Uh, just having a place for those guys to stay, um, getting the guys down here, and and with several weeks, but several different days that they can make it, so that they don't have anything they can they can be here for at least two or three weeks at a time, um, and they don't have to worry about having to fit it in their schedule. They have uh, several opportunities, um, and then I think the, the the biggest thing was I just had a, a better plan for what fields we could use: grass field option, turf field, indoor, um, and and the timing so that we can get the guys in and out, and they can still live their lives and, and be in virtual meetings and stuff like that. So I just had a better plan for myself of getting those guys down here. And I, we've had a great turnout, man. And I, I'm excited for these guys. Everybody looks hungry and ready to go. Let's
3: go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam.
5: Hey, Patrick. Uh, welcome back to the uh, football season. I wanted to um, ask you about the ankle again. Um, yeah, I remember a couple of years ago when you had the foot surgery, you felt like that maybe set you back a little bit, even when the season started. Do you feel like there's going to be any uh, long-term setbacks here and uh, with, with that ankle? And Brad, I'll have a second question as well.
10: Um, I, I don't think the ankle. I feel like the foot was way more um, serious, I guess you would say, um, than the ankle has been. I mean, the foot with having the surgery and having that, that cast on, it, it just really cut my mobility down a lot. And so I had to really work through that even into the season that next year. Um, with the ankle, I, I felt like we, we've improved, uh, especially these last few weeks, a ton um, as far as the swelling that went down finally. And um, I, I don't have that soreness just as much as I was having it after a few days of work. And so uh, with the, the improvements that we're making these last few weeks, I, I have a, a great feeling that by the time we get to training camp, there won't even be any any question at all. And so uh, we'll continue to work through it at OTAs. I don't think there'll be any limitations on reps or anything like that. Um, especially I'm not running around a ton. Um, but at the same time, with we'll the to the rehab process and making sure that by the time we get to training camp, I can just roll out there and feel perfectly fine.
5: Okay, and it sounds like you're sort of a, for lack of a better term, the coach of those workouts down there. Is there value in that for you, maybe leading those workouts with no coaches around where you're sort of the guy?
10: Um, I think there's value to to me, talking to the guys like that, especially when you get new new guys in. Um, and I'm working with everybody that kind of is on the roster. And so uh, for me to explain how I think of the route and how I teach it and then them being able to go to the virtual meetings now um, and hear how the coaches teach it, I think it, gets a, it gives them a better understanding coming from different perspectives. And I've, I've actually been proud of guys like uh, Sky and uh, Marquez especially. I mean, just how they've been able to help teach these guys that are new to the team um, how we run routes and everything like that. And I think that helps them as well. And so it just builds those those relationships at the same time as uh, those guys learning the offense as quickly as they can.
3: We'll do a few more. We'll go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt.
1: Hey, Patrick, you, you talked a little bit about what's going on down there. Um, but, you know, Coach Reed says one of the reasons, too, that he likes to do this now virtually this phase one is it gives guys a little bit more of a rest and recovery period. Does, does that still ring true for, with, with what's going on down there? And what's what's life down there? What do you guys call it? Is it is it Camp Mahomes? What, what are you guys doing down there when you're not playing football? Uh,
10: no, I mean, uh, so I, I definitely uh, think they get more rest and, and stuff like that. We get the workout in. We kind of manage those guys, uh, especially the days we run routes, uh, making sure they get work in, but at the same time they have their legs. Um, and then I feel like I have, a, I have a good feel for how much to push those guys where they can get the routes and what they need, but not too much. And I think them just being um, kind of not necessarily in the building. We we're in the building so much, especially when you get to the, the Super Bowl, the season's so long. And I think them, uh, they're all staying together at a house that's kind of on the lake. So I'm sure they, they, they're having some good times out there. And then they're able to get there in the building uh, work out and get a few routes and then they're, they're done for the day. And so uh, we, I don't know, we don't have a name for it yet, um, but uh, we'll we'll get some uh, lunches and some dinners and uh, we'll we'll be ready to go whenever we get back to KC.
3: Last two, we'll go Aaron and then Steve.
4: Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, Pat, appreciate the time here. It's it's not football related, but one of the uh, things that's on the mind here in Kansas City is a case that's kind of got some national attention, this Ralph Yarl. Case, you're a guy who's got a big platform. You've used that platform to talk about school-age children and reading and all that. Maybe your thoughts on that case or just generally some of the gun violence we've seen in schools since the last time we've talked to you.
10: Yeah, I mean, I mean, first off, I just want to say my prayers and support are for Ralph and, and his recovery. Uh, I mean, uh, you never want these situations to happen. Um, but uh, especially from the details that I've gotten from it, I mean, it seemed like it should have never even happened. It should have been an easy, easy kind of conversation. And then both people go on their ways. And, and, and this kid being able to pick up his, his family members and being with his family right now and not in the hospital. And so um, my prayers are for him first and his recovery. Um, and then, I mean, just hopefully the justice system does right by him. Um, and everyone involved, and, and we're able to not have to have these conversations, and, and we were able to hold each other accountable uh, for our actions. Um, and so, obviously, more and more details are hopefully going to come out. Um, and he and he makes a full recovery, um, and then uh, the justice system justice system does its part, um, and that we're all held accountable every single day. We'll
3: ask Steve Walls. Good,
4: Steve. Hey, Patrick, how you doing, man? I appreciate the time, man. Serving. Hey, uh, just want to ask you, I know guys don't like to talk about other players' deals, man, but since it was so record-breaking, I want to ask you about Jalen Hurts, a guy you played against in the Super Bowl, just signed a, a new extension. Uh, what does that say about the quarterback position and also being that he's a black quarterback as well?
10: Yeah, I mean, first off, I'm gonna congrats to him. I mean, he deserves it. I think he's, he's someone that plays the position the right way. Um, he goes about his business the right way, and uh, that's why they were in the game, the Super Bowl. And I mean, he played a great game in the Super Bowl, and it, it proved a lot of people wrong, even that were still doubting him. Um, and so, um, obviously, it's it's great for the the, the quarterback position, the black quarterbacks that are coming up behind us, and them getting their deals. I mean, obviously, we know with Lamar and everything going on there, and trying to get get these guys the deals that they deserve. Um, um, but the set, I mean, it's just, it's really cool to see because now there's not hesitation on, on guys to get these deals. And even if they have to utilize running, running, uh, to make stuff happen, um, there's such big impacts on, on the game that they, they're getting the money they deserve. And so you, our job, um, in, in this league is to go out there and win football games and to make money while we do it. And I'm glad to see that the guys that are doing it the right way are getting the, the, the job security that they deserve.
3: Patrick, we appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for joining us.
10: Yep. Thank you.
5: Uh, hey, Nick, thanks for joining us today.
0: Um, I was just curious, you you know, you came after the team had been to back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, and so I was curious, what's the best advice you've received from some veterans on the team about how to approach and handle the off-season coming off a of Super Bowl?
12: Uh, yeah, first and foremost, man, he's got to rest. Uh, spend some time with family, friends, uh, things you, you don't really get to spend a lot of time on uh, during this course of football season. Then then uh, in terms of football, man, just kind of just regress uh, – Rest, recover, uh, stretch a little bit, and um, and also manage. So football is an annual thing, and so uh, I mean, again, you pay dues annually? Uh, so you got to come out the next year, man. He's got to go out there and compete uh, and try to try to get back into the same thing again. So uh, that's that's a challenge that we have. Has uh, not been complacent. Uh, just, just working every single day to get back to, to where we want to be. Let's
3: go next to Nate Taylor. Go
11: ahead,
12: Nate. Hey, Nick. Thanks again for this. Um,
11: what do you feel like you grew the most last season? In um, winning the Super Bowl, and where do you feel uh, you feel most excited about this upcoming season?
12: Yeah, man, uh, I think my my leadership role is ever revol- uh, revolving. Uh, it's kind of one of those things that just, just keeps growing uh, as we keep going, uh, and I'm loving it. And um, so I, I feel like that's a nice challenge going into this year. I'm trying to up up my level of communication, leadership. Uh, that's one of the biggest things I know uh, that's going to be needed for this season, um, and also, man, and, uh, just just being around the guys. Uh, being around, around your brothers, uh some things, some things you miss. Uh, you don't really realize it until it's just, boom, it's over with, and you just got to spend a couple months just by yourself, and uh, you miss those guys. So uh, getting back in the building with those guys, man, uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm excited for when we get back in the building. Let's go
3: next to Pete Sweeney.
12: Go to Pete.
0: Hi, Nick. I, I know you're constantly focused on the opposing offense, but you guys saw Drew Tranquil twice a year. Now he comes into your room. you know, As the leader, as you were describing, what do you think he might bring to the room and, and to the table?
12: Yeah, when you cut on the tape, man, uh, you you can see how intelligent Drew Tranquil is, uh, how much he'll help us uh, in terms of uh, adding more uh, ability to pass coverage, uh, blitzing, uh, runs. uh, He does it all, man. And so, again, a veteran guy, uh, a, a very vet veteran for us. Uh, we got a lot of young guys in the room. And so uh, having, having that guy, having that experience, uh, that's kind of bounce off ideas with. uh He's seen a lot of football. I know it would be beneficial for me, uh, especially just me not playing a lot of football. Or I played two years, but I still have a lot of football ahead of me. And uh, I'm still learning and still trying to evolve and still trying to learn more. And so uh, having a guy like that in the room, and um uh, I've texted him with him, had conversations with him, and had his uh, ability to kind of pick his brain a little bit. Uh, you can tell his IQ's off the charts. So uh, I'm excited for what he brings into the building and um, whenever we get to the football season.
3: Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron.
4: Nick, appreciate the time, man. Hope you're well. You talked about wanting to become a better communicator and leader. I mean, it's different skill set from athletics. Like if you want to become a better tackler, you just tackle more and more. But as far as communication, how do you work on that with so many new faces? You're talking about Drew How do you become a better communicator, I guess?
12: Yeah, I feel like uh, first and foremost is kind of understanding the person, uh, understanding your teammates. Uh, that's probably the first and foremost thing. And uh, everybody's a little bit different. Everybody uh, takes leadership a little a little different. Uh, and what gets them going, uh, what motivates them is a little bit different. So I uh, think just having this conversation with them, getting to know your teammates, uh, figure out what makes them tick. Uh, and after that, man, it's just uh, uh, trying to figure out how you can make the best version of yourself to get the best out of them. And um, I think I feel like that's kind of the thing I'm kind of bogging about. Uh, I understand how to get the best out of me and what I need to do, uh, but also just of get the best out of the other people around me. Uh, how I can get them uh, mostly invested uh, in every week and every game, and, um, and and try to get back to the end goal. Let's
3: go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt.
1: Hey, Nick. Todd, Todd asked you kind of you know about coming off a Super Bowl in your off season, but now that you've got a couple of years under your belt. How do you manage your offseason, maybe differently than you did, you know, last year or as a rookie? And how important are these, you know, two weeks? And, and you know, Coach Reed says it gives you these two weeks to kind of continue the recovery from you know a long season. How important are those to you now that you you know you're you're more of a veteran?
12: Yeah, uh, most definitely. Going coming into the, coming into the league and uh, my first year, I uh, kind of kind of worked out a little earlier. Uh, kind of try to get more. Uh, I guess field work done, agility wise, stuff, and, um, just kind of transition long seasons, kind of just got to rest your body, get you get you come in mentally fresh, physically fresh, and you know, just kind of resting a little bit. Um, then when it's time to go, uh, kind of ramp it up a little bit and just kind of add a little bit more and find new details. Um, we still got all the way, uh, technically like, until, till June until we start training camp. So I was just trying to uh, add, add to your stock until then, whether it be flexibility, IQ, uh, to watch a little tape, uh, hanging out with your teammates, bonding, that type of stuff. So uh, I, got, I got quite a while t- until, until we get towards the training camp part. But uh, I feel like it's just, just resting your body, uh, being more mentally, physically, physically fresh. Um, I feel like it is important. And then Coach Reed does a, a great job throughout the season, kind of helping us with that. And also uh, gives us extra two weeks off uh, to kind of trying to get more fresh as well.
3: We've got three more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt.
12: Hey, Nick, uh, I know you're always
0: looking ahead and trying to get better, but so what's it mean to you that in your second year as a professional, you're already a Super Bowl champ and you scored a touchdown as a defensive player in the Super Bowl?
12: Yeah, man, uh, it's still a crazy experience, man. I'm still, still trying to soak it in. Uh, it's one of those things that just you keep watching it and you really don't understand the magnitude of it, uh, especially, I me. Mean, so my second year. So I guess I guess ignorance is not, not a bad thing uh, in, in terms of that, but uh, yeah. Uh, it's just man it's, it's excitement man it just makes you makes you feel ready to go for the next season um a lot of people talk about winning a super Bowl and how 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 addicted and how that emotion how that feeling is man and you, know, you can't really explain it until you win one uh then it's also like you're always trying to get another one so uh that, that's kind of like my mindset is and i' just trying to come back in uh day one kind uh, of trying to, to surface, man start over and uh just trying to get better every single day and trying to get back to that end goal last two we'll go adam and then Nate go ahead, adam
5: Hey Nick, um, similar question to what Matt Derrick asked you a couple minutes ago, but you played a lot of snaps last year during the regular season. You played a lot in the three playoff games. So, what have you been up to since the Super Bowl to sort of um, try to re- recover from all that uh, that workload?
12: Yeah, man, I've just been been resting, um, sleeping, uh, spent a lot of time with my my family and my dog. Man, I feel like that kind of helps me refresh. Uh, I'm a big family guy. Um, be around my my, my family, uh, my friends, and and that's probably the biggest thing for me. Uh, a lot, a lot of spend a lot of time during football season, kind of locked in, uh, kind of away from those things. And so when I get a chance to uh, to be with family uh, and and enjoy that, man, that's probably the biggest thing for me. Uh, it helps you get mentally fresh, uh, physically fresh, and you understand your why and why you're doing it. Um, I feel like that's important, especially when you got a long season ahead of you, uh, especially with ups and downs is how football is. And, um, again, things can change in a life flash. And so just t- taking the chance to be around family and enjoy those little things that we really take for granted, I feel like that's huge.
3: We'll ask to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate.
11: I'm going to ask two quick ones, Nick. Um, hmm. I'll give an assist to Todd. What kind of dog do you have? Uh, what's the dog's name? And then secondly, um, when you compare to what you envision it would be like to win a Super Bowl and to go through a championship parade, um did it
12: come was it comparative to what you envisioned or was it slightly different yeah uh first uh my dog got an XL bully uh St. Hendricks uh is his name uh he's one now the biggest baby you'll ever see uh I mean he's, he's a whiner man for a pit bull but uh in terms of Super Bowl man uh again Chiefs Kingdom was great man uh the parade, uh, even after the parade, just around the community, the, the energy, uh, that, 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 that Winter Super Bowl brought back, man. It, it was phenomenal. Uh, those, those guys, Mizzou guys, uh, uh, Mizzou grads, Mizzou alums, uh, I mean, they've been, been great as well, man. Uh, every time I see them in, in public, man, it's big in my Z. So I'm loving it, uh, even at the parade. And so the Super Bowl, man, it, it was everything I expected to be, uh, even more. Uh, even playing in that venue and having that that, that moment with my family uh, after the game and winning. And uh, again, uh, yeah, it's more and more than what you ever can expect it. But again, it's kind of, kind of the feeling now, I'm feeling it's like I want to do it again. Uh, so that's kind of like my mindset. And uh, that's kind of where I'm going from here.
11: That cover you, Nate. We good? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it.
12: All right, Nick, we appreciate
3: you joining us. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, no problem. And I appreciate everybody. It's good seeing y'all again.